Um, okay, so it's uh, Psalm 23. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will your rod evil, for you are with me. Your rod and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Angela. Um, Ola has just reminded me, we have a um, very important notice that I've forgotten. Uh, we have a praise and soak night here tomorrow, uh, tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. Um, we're having these um, twice a month now. At the moment, we're going to be having them in the smaller hall there uh, because, of, um, uh, because Alpha's going to be using the, the, the building on a, uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, so we can't do Tuesday as normal, but we'll be having it in that, uh, that small hall there. Do come along. Uh, it's just an opportunity for you just to sit in the presence of God, to worship and just soak in the atmosphere, soak in his presence. It's a time just to be refreshed, restored, renewed, uh, and fill up your tanks, as it were. And often we just um, we don't have any set agenda other than just sitting in, uh, resting in the presence of God, worshiping in song and then praying uh, as we feel led. Uh, or sharing words or scriptures as we feel led. So it's just a totally open uh, meeting, uh, spirit-led, spirit-driven uh, for an hour. Um, it, we, we finish on an hour, uh, but some people just want to go on after that. But again, if you want to do that, feel free to carry on. But if you need to go after an hour, then of course that's, um, that's the time uh, limit that we've set. So do come along tomorrow if you feel able to. Yes? Tomorrow, yeah. Alfred's Tuesday. That's yeah, what. Sorry. Sorry, I've mixed things up. Okay. It's on a Monday. It's on a Monday. It's on a Monday evening. Yeah, not Tuesday as it's normally as it normally is. Another question. Sorry, I'm not doing very well today. <laughs> yeah, Philip. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Somebody else had another question. I heard Mike again. And there's Alpha on Tuesday that begins at, is it 7.30, Josh? 7.30 Tuesday is Alpha. It's in your bulletin. It's all in the bulletin. Uh, the reason, yeah, it's, um, that's why we have a bulletin, so we don't have to, <laughs> so I don't have to keep saying these things from the front. <laughs> so it's all in your bulletin <laughs> at the end of the day. Okay, um, we're starting a new series. Is there anything else I've forgotten or messed up this morning <laughs> leave it get out get out while I'm on top yeah okay we're going to put that in the bulletin for next week we'll announce that then yeah that um that'll be fine that'll be in the bulletin next week and announced from the front as well okay let me get out while the going's good we're starting a new series today on the Lord is my shepherd and can I invite Joshua up Joshua is going to come up and uh, kick off uh, the new series for us the, this morning. Thank you, Josh. Come up. Let me just pray for you. Thank you, dear brother. Father, I want to thank you for Joshua. Thank you, Lord, for his gifts. Thank you for the man of God that he is. Thank you that he's a man after your own heart. And Father, as he comes now to bring us your word, we pray 
that you will bless him and anoint him, that he might speak in power in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction for the glory of his Lord and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, dear brother. <laughs> I'd be lost without a bulletin, actually. <laughs> Good morning again. Lovely to see you all. Get a bit closer to you. <laughs> well, when I was thinking about Psalm 23, I, I thought to myself that actually it's, it's quite a popular psalm, isn't it? You know, we, we're not strangers to Psalm 23. It's It's a psalm which is often quoted at a funeral. It's a psalm which we often give to one another if, you know, we're suffering. Um, Whether it be suffering in hospital or we've got some kind of an ailment, we're suffering in our body. And it's often a psalm that is clung on to when, you know, we're going through a crisis of some kind in life. It's one of the most loved psalms in the Bible. Doesn't mean that any of the other psalms are any less. Doesn't mean that any of the other psalms are, 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 should be loved any less. But it's just the way it goes. The Psalm 23 is quite a popular psalm. But you know, I want to say something about Psalm 23, which is this, that I don't believe it's just for us to meditate upon when we are going through difficult seasons in life. It's not just there for our comfort. I believe we can meditate on Psalm 23 even in the good times. Because I believe it's a a psalm of encouragement and celebration of who God is and what God has done for us. And he's done so much for us. Many of us know that. The title of this morning's sermon is God Owns Us. And we're focusing on verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. First point I want to make this morning is this, that God owns us because he is our shepherd. Quite an interesting word, shepherd. Conjures up all sorts of thoughts for people and for children. And it's a word that's used a lot to describe God. It's not a new word to uh, King David. In the Old Testament, it's full of verses that describe God as a good shepherd. And we know that David, before he became king, he was a shepherd. So he knew something about what that feels like and, and what it entails, that kind of a job and that kind of a life. And whether King David knows it or not, When he wrote Psalm 23, he was actually talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. Can you picture a shepherd in a field guiding the sheep through dangerous situations, through dangerous ground? to a place where they would be safe and secure. Can you picture a shepherd 
feeding his sheep when they become hungry and giving them water when they become thirsty. The shepherd also protects the sheep from being attacked and ravaged by wolves, taking them to a place of peace. And we all need a place of peace. Therefore, the sheep lack nothing. Now, sheep are vulnerable creatures, aren't they? They really do need a shepherd. They'll go in this direction and that direction, and sometimes they'll do pretty daft things and get stuck in places they shouldn't be. And you know what? As human beings, whether we admit it or not, regardless of how much technology and how well we've done as human beings, gone to the moon and planning to go to Mars and everything else, we're vulnerable because life is not a bed of roses. It's challenging. And life can throw so many things at us. But the good news this morning is that Jesus loves us tenderly like a shepherd. He wants to guide us, protect us, watch over us. The Bible tells us that we are the sheep of his pasture. And that's good news, folks. That's good news this morning. In my own life, I was once without guidance, without direction, without hope. I was lost. I was empty inside, just following my own way, as many of you were. I come from a broken family. My childhood was traumatic. There was a lot of alcoholism in my family, spiritualism, a lot of darkness in my family. And to cut a long story short, at, um, I, when I was in school, I was given a Gideon's New Testament. And I looked at it and I just took it home and I tossed it into a bookshelf. And many years later, well, actually two years later, at the age of 18, I went through a crisis. I had many questions about life, about my own life, about purpose, about what happens after we leave this earth. And I was lost. I was like a sheep without a shepherd. And I picked up, I decided to pick up that Gideon's New Testament. I, I read John chapter 14, verse 27. And in that, Jesus says, peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And as I read that scripture, my heart became strangely warmed. And I just knew that Jesus was the answer. And on December 23rd, 1986, I responded to God's invitation, no credit of mine, it was God's invitation of salvation, and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And something remarkable happened after that. Every time I walked past a church in my hometown in West London, I, I, I was drawn. I wanted to go into that church. I couldn't understand why. And I just knew that I had to get baptized and I, I realize now that the Holy Spirit was drawing me into a fellowship, into a church family. 
And I eventually got baptized. I eventually joined a little church and I got baptized. And I met and started to follow the shepherd, the good shepherd. Life hasn't been easy. There's been ups and downs. But when Jesus guides us, when Jesus guides us in our lives, it is full of contentment and it is full of victory, even in the midst of all that life throws at us. Jesus never forced me to become the sheep of his pasture. Jesus never, the good shepherd never forced me. He just gave me an invitation. And Jesus never forces anyone to accept him. And even after we become Christians, you know, God does not force us to do anything or to follow him. Each day, we have an opportunity. We have the gift of a new day. He simply invites us to follow him step by step. That's why he is the good shepherd. The second reason why God owns us is because he has redeemed us. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus went on to say, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is our redeemer. I want to give you an example of this. We've just had Christmas. Did anybody get any vouchers of any kind? Gift vouchers? Or maybe you, know, you might have had gift vouchers for your birthday. And the, the voucher simply is something that you're going to take, isn't it, to a particular place, whether it be you know, a, a shop or a cinema or whatever it is, and you exchange that voucher for goods and services. Well, the teaching, the doctrine of redemption, which has been alive and kicking for the last 2,000 years, simply means this. That the Redeemer, Jesus, did something amazing for us. Where there was a great exchange that happened. And that great exchange happened when Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. And God exchanged our worst, our very darkest, our worst sins for his best. And on the cross, sin was exchanged for life, life everlasting, life eternal, a life that we cannot experience fully even on this earth. Mike alluded to that earlier, that when we go to heaven, it is a life like no other. When Jesus went to the cross, he exchanged our sin, all of the, the muck in our life for his goodness. We exchanged our life at the cross for the life of Jesus. Cleansed, healed, delivered, forgiven, filled with love through our repentance and acceptance of what he has done for us. Therefore, according to God's economy, according to God's law, God owns us. That's truth. That's truth. Let that seep into your spirit. According to God's economy, according to God's law, when we accept Jesus, God owns us. 
He brought us with a heavy price. He brought us with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And what we did earlier with communion, as, as Mike led us in communion, was a celebration of that great exchange. Our worst for God's best through the blood of Jesus. So what does that look like when God owns us? What does it look like for God to own us throughout life? Well, I think it means that we are no longer part of the rat race. You know the rat race? I mean, I see it when I'm driving. You know, everybody wants to cut everybody up. Everybody wants to get in front of everyone else. You know, nobody wants to give way. Okay? Everybody thinks they've got an entitlement. Okay? Someone driving a 100,000-pound car, you give them way, they don't say hello. They stick their nose up and just drive through. That's the rat race. We're not part of the rat race. We don't need to perform. We live by different standards. We live by a different truth. What does it look like for God to own us? It means that we don't have to have the most followers on Instagram or whatever gram. You know, I'm not very good with social media. I'm not knocking social media. There's some good things about it and there's, you can do great good things through it. But what I'm trying to say is that we're not ruled by it. We don't have to play by its rules. How many likes do I need before I'm happy? All that kind of stuff in the long term just makes us miserable. When we strive to be someone else, because the world sees that this is the person I should be. When I strive for more and more stuff, even if I don't need it. And I find that that new thing that I brought, well, it's collecting dust. It's no longer as nice as when I first unwrapped it. The more we do that, the, the, the more we hold on to these things and strive for these things, the more miserable we become. There is a better way. There is a better way. Allowing God to own us. Allowing God to own us also means that we let go of control. Controlling our life. Controlling our circumstances. I'm not saying that we don't discipline ourselves. We don't take responsibility. In life we do. We use wisdom and everything else. But I'm talking about overall control. Who is at the center? Who is in the middle? Who is on the throne of our lives? The good shepherd is the one who deserves to be on the throne. Church, let us continue to take delight in the good shepherd. He's our joy. He is our security in bad times and in good times. Our allegiance is not to this world and to conform to the changing winds of culture with all its immorality. You know, marriage between man and woman is no longer celebrated and held as something sacred in popular culture. Nor is celibacy for those who are single seen as something good and celebrated as something sacred anymore. 
Church, we don't need to, we don't need popular opinion, popular opinion to dictate how we ought to think or what values we ought to live by. God's word is supreme. It's our supreme source for guidance in all matters pertaining to faith and life. Praise God. The world and society do not own us. 1 Peter 2 verse 11 talks about that. You know, it talks about the fact that we're sojourners. We're just simply traveling through. We're simply passing through this life. And although there's many good things and gifts and we thank God for them and we can celebrate them, we don't hold on tightly to this world because we're just passing through. Our real home, our real citizenship is in heaven with God. And sadly, throughout the world, people sell themselves to the world. They become slaves to whatever in their lives is more important than God. It could be fame, it could be fortune, it could be a lifestyle, it could be addiction or something else. And what happens is that that becomes the center of their lives. They become owned by that idol, whatever it is, because they've sold themselves to live for that idol. And that becomes their master. It controls their lives, the way they think, what they, what they do, how they spend their money, where they put their affections, their emotions. It owns them. They need our prayers. This world needs our prayers, our compassion. And it needs desperately to hear the life-giving message of the gospel. It needs salvation. It needs the love of Jesus. And church, we're like a hospital, a spiritual hospital for the world. Let's pray them in. Let's bring them in. Let's love them. Let's win them for the gospel. Let's reach out to them. The good shepherd loves us so much that he will continue to pursue us throughout our lives. And that's even if we depart from following him on the way. Jesus, the good shepherd, is so loving to us, those of us who have come into the faith, as well as those who are yet to come. But those of us who are already in the faith, he loves us so much that he will leave the 99 and go after that one lost sheep. Some 30 years ago, I met a, a Brazilian pastor, and he said to me that, look, I, I've grown up, you know, in the Christian faith. When I was a child, you know, my, my parents were very loving. My, my, my father was a pastor, and, you know, they were very loving. They, they took me to Sunday school, and I grew up loving God, and I prayed, and I read the Bible, and everything else, but something went wrong. Something went wrong in my teenage. I got in with the wrong crowd. And I allowed them to influence me. So you know what I did? I left the church. And I just went along that path and followed them. And I got into drinking and, and, and over-drinking and drugs and stealing. And, you know, I became, I became a tyrant for many years. But deep down, I knew that they were praying for me. I knew that, that God still wanted to, to bring me back. And he did come back eventually. 
Many people were praying for him. But he came back and he gave his life back to the Lord, to the shepherd. He got back on the path. The shepherd, the good shepherd, left the 99, came after him and brought him back. And I want to encourage you that no matter what your families might be going through or whoever you've been praying for, continue to pray for them. Even up to the last moment, God can bring them back. God will honor, the, honor your prayers. God will honor your faith. There's good news today. The good news is that there is a better way. The way of the cross. There's a better code for life. The Bible. The Word of God. Hallelujah. And as I conclude, I just want to say that those of us who are Christians, let's continue to choose to stay close to Jesus this year, to allow the Good Shepherd to guide us through choppy waters. And if you don't know Jesus as your shepherd and you're listening, consider him today. Tomorrow might be too late. Life is short. Life is unpredictable. We don't know what's around the corner. Our loyalty is to God first and foremost. We were brought by God through the blood of Jesus. So in 2022, let's not allow anyone or anything or any circumstance to own us. Instead, let's allow God to have complete ownership over us in every area of our lives because he alone is our shepherd and we belong to him. Amen.